Welcome to the Rosie on the House Arizona Hour. Driven by Sanderson Ford. Your weekend wake-up tradition. It's Rosie on the House. a beautiful Arizona Saturday morning to you all. Good morning and welcome to Rosie on the House. It was 136 years ago Arizona became, was established as a territory. It was the following year the first four counties were created. Among the original four was Yavapai County, the county that Cottonwood sits in, our staycation destination of this month. At the time, the county was so big, 65,000 square miles, had it stayed like that, Today, it would tie Washington as the 21th largest state. <laughs> but once it got pared down with Apache, Coconino, Gila, Maricopa, Navajo counties, it shrunk considerably, but it's, it's still bigger than the uh, state of Massachusetts. With a population of, 20, of 2,000 in, in 1870, that equate to one person per 30 square mile. I love it. That's Sounds some peaceful. Room. Yes. <laughs> Not not quite as spacious today, but there's still some big country out there in Yavapai County in a beautiful part of Arizona. We Every month, uh, we have a staycation destination. You could go to ArizonaStaycation.com and sign up to stay. And we're bringing a little history and trivia from around that part of the state. And next month, we go to, is it Patagonia? I think it's Patagonia next month. I believe so. I, we're always Patagonia. drawing way ahead. <laughs> so we're setting up right now for... October and Lakeside. Greer. No, no, Patagonia is October. Yeah, Patagonia is October. Okay. Our next one's in Greer for elk bugling. Nice. So Can I be, win that? I, that one has That's, already been drawn. So you're, you're entering now to <laughs> go to Patagonia. I, I think Roby already <laughs> won that one. <laughs> <laughs> also in Cottonwood this weekend, uh, there's a couple events going on down at the River, there's a, a really neat event for families. It's called Waterway Story Walk, and it's about a four-hour time frame where you walk around the community park at the Rosanico Family Park, and they've got parts of the story all around the park, so you have to move to read the whole story and get to experience uh, everything the park has to offer. And then later on that afternoon, the Smithsonian Traveling Water Exhibit which really has caught my interest, and I'm going to make a point, but it's, it's from now through October, we have this Smithsonian Museum Traveling Water Exhibit going on in Arizona, and it's going to be at that Arizona Waterways uh, event. You can find those. Uh, it's, it's a Camp Verde Community Library. It, they're all on cottonwoodchamber.org, and then you just go into the events tab. And they've also got a listing there for an interesting event. You can go create your own totem pole. I don't know if you know, but a, I didn't know this until I was started reading about it, but a totem pole is supposed to have nine animals, and each animal is supposed to be representative of you in some way. And I was thinking about it, and uh, there's a list. You can go to AmericanLegends.com, and they've got a list of what each animal represents. And looking through it, I've, I've picked some for everybody. Rosie, hmm. I, I, you, on your totem pole, you would need a beaver for a builder. Okay. All right. And after your accident, I think I'd put a bat up there as well for rebirth. <laughs> All right. Cat of nine lives. <laughs> Cat of nine lives. Uh, I don't understand how they had animals that were native to Africa on there, but they did. Because uh, I thought totem poles were an American Indian thing. But there was the camel there, and I picked it for Jennifer for humility. 
Gary, you're a cow. <laughs> Thanks a lot. <laughs> Love of home, community, contentment, joy, easygoing, patience, grounded. Okay, two out of three ain't bad. <laughs> oh. I, I would put an alligator on mine for stealth. I can be pretty quiet Ooh, sometimes. Yeah. Well, you got a buddy over there at uh, uh, what? What's it called now? It used to be called Dolphinarius. Now it's uh, you got the alligator over there. Oh That's yes, right. that, our big alligator, eight hundred pound the, monster at the aquarium. And so it's it's a sixty dollar class, and you go and it's it's a three series, and it helps you pick your animals and design your totem pole and. I think we should all get totem poles and put it next to our disc tests that we have stapled up in <laughs> yeah, our office. That's right. You got your disc test that's and your right. totem pole. <laughs> but it got me thinking, could you do a totem pole for maybe not a person, but let's say an athlete? Oh, I was going through it. Yeah. I, I would put a crab on there for move sideways, and that's pretty important. Yeah. A deer for seller of adventure. Okay. You got to put in a horse for stamina. A lizard for hidden defense, prairie dog for preparedness, a woodpecker for communication, a goose for teamwork, a falcon for rising above, all things that an athlete would need. That brings us up to eight, but the ninth one we're going to need some help with, and we've brought Voice of Arizona Sports and Kevin McCade to help <laughs> us pick that ninth one for the top of the totem pole. Should it be a parrot for mockery, the way some of these yahoos act, or, you ready for this one? Yeah. In honor of the officiating team of the Saints-Ram game, should it be the porcupine for non-interference? I vote porcupine <laughs> right now. <laughs> that's a no-brainer. Come on, that's not even a ch- I, I think it's slanted. We'll take the porcupine with all the thorns that uh, were cast out and thrown. Yes, uh, it's porcupine all the way at the top of this totem right. pole. So that's our last shot at that <laughs> officiating <laughs> game. We're starting a new season You haven't now. let it go yet, have you? <laughs> Yeah. They never will. No, they and shouldn't. And no, shouldn't. But no, we let it go right there. That was it. Our oh. last shot. We'll wait, we <laughs> wait till week. week two when we play the Rams again. Yeah, that's right. Not not like you have it circled or anything. I just want to, you know, not, you know, not like have that game circled on your calendar. Here we go. Big, big time for sports. So we thought this week hour we would talk about <clears throat> tailgating and starting off with the high school level. You mentioned how big high school. Well, I'm so excited to be here, you guys. Thank you for having me. This is, uh, and you're sticking me with a porcupine to kick off the show, but I, I, I love what you guys do. I'm a fan, and you know this. I see you in the hallways here and kind of half jealous that I can't come down here, but um, it's it's so neat. And, and you know, I do the high school show down the dial here and uh, and love it. I've been in Arizona pretty much my whole life, and when I left television, and they hire pretty young people to do television now, and I'm none of those. Not pretty, not, pretty, not no, none of those. And um, so they said, Kevin, you covered high school sports here in Arizona for since 1981. Why don't you, you know, just take that? So that's what I do on Saturdays, and it's gotten so big, guys. I mean, it's uh, high school. I mean, it's it's not Texas, it's not Louisiana, it's it's not Florida, California, but the, it's still great. It's so, uh, and the talent level has risen. I mean, you talk about, oh. uh, you know, we've got the premier quarterback in the country, Spencer Rattler, who was featured on QB One worldwide, is now at Oklahoma. We've got two kids playing this year who've committed to Michigan: J.D. Johnson from Pinnacle High School and Jack Miller from Shaptown, from Chaparral. Yeah, baby. You, I know. Yeah. Bow down to your Chaparral. Yeah, that's right. He's going to Ohio State. So you have the greatest rivalry in college football, Ohio State-Michigan, that may wind up featuring two kids from our backyard here. So I, I love it. It's gotten big. It's gotten uh, crazy and good all at the same time. And with it, 
they do go out and tailgate. Nah, a little yeah. hot right now, but they do go out there, and it's it's kind of fun. It's it, it's really become uh, all these little villages around the valley. All these little communities make up these high schools, and, and that's what makes it great. And when we were talking, you had a tie-in back to Cottonwood and Mingus. And <laughs> I thought it was a great story to share as we're talking about where the football has come from what it was to what it is. Well, and and I this I love this because I went to school at NAU and we had a friend and his name was Billy and he was he had a rough time with the girls. We, he was a loser. We so we and Mingus at the time, Mingus Union, they couldn't win a football game. They were the they were the team that you scheduled for homecoming because <laughs> you and it, so we called him Billy Mingus. He, they couldn't win. He couldn't win with the girls. So it was Billy Mingus, and he's—I mean—he's gone on to be very successful. He's a lawyer and a judge. And Mingus, though, uh, Bob Young went in there a few years ago and and turned them around. They became a football perennial powerhouse, and they competed for state championships. But when he heard the story, Kevin McCabe coming on and saying, "You know, don't uh, don't play like Billy Mingus today." They have a sign like Notre Dame. They've got a sign as they walk out of the locker room saying, "Don't play like Billy Mingus today." So, um, I yeah, poor Billy. <laughs> I would hate to be Billy. Oh, but I think he takes a lot of pride in it now. But it's uh, I I have a love not only and that's the great thing is not only the teams here in the valley in Maricopa County, but I've been at, I worked in Flagstaff in Tucson. You know, I've been to Babakivari. I've been to, you know, uh, Kayenta. So it's not just a show and not just a, a love for Arizona, for Valley High School sports, but Mingus Union. I mean, great history, great lore there. Don't play like Billy. They, no, they played like Billy Mingus last <laughs> night. Though. And we need to get better at scheduling because I didn't even realize this until I was talking to Kevin. He said when you called me and wanted to talk about tailgating, I thought this was going to be in Hawaii where U of A has their opening. Yeah, what do you, yeah. Wait, yeah. Well, you know? Who, who dropped the ball on scheduling that? Yeah. We, we should have been in Hawaii well, this I'm morning thinking, doing this broadcast. I'm thinking, you, you, hey, we're going to kick it off. we got college. I said, okay, U of A, Hawaii. And I'm thinking we'd have the dancers, the the fire dancers, and we you, thank you. you, I love it, and, and maybe have some shish kebabs going, um, and and but yeah, we've got U of A kicking it off tonight in Hawaii, which is kind of fun, and then ASU uh, next Thursday, which is kind of a weird, unique schedule, uh, but it's here and football's on us, and it's uh, I'm excited. I'm really excited for ASU football. I went to their kickoff luncheon yesterday, and Herm Edwards, who's just an unbelievable, passionate man, brings something unique to it. Uh, they've got a freshman quarterback. They've got an Eno Benjamin, who may be one of the great running backs in the country, quietly here in Arizona. So Arizona State excites me on Thursday night. I know they'll be tailgating out there. Yeah. And and you know what, Romy, I laugh at this because you call me and said, let's do a tailgate. 39 years I've been a broadcaster. I've never tailgated. I've never tailgated. I've never. No. And I. It, 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 He's working. I, I walk yeah. through it. Hey, Kevin, hey, you want one of these? No, I can't. I can't drink that. I, I've got to go on. FCC has yes. rules about that kind yes. of thing. Well, maybe I can have a sip. We'll have to kidnap you and take you to an LSU game. Well, yeah. introduce you to some of the tailgates. Yes. And I've the food and the uniqueness, and I'm sure at LSU, um, I can't even imagine. You know, the, the, the crayfish gumbo and and all. Just uh, it's it's pretty spectacular. We still have my dad's season tickets, so Jennifer and I go home. For LSU games. And she came up with the idea a couple of years ago, why don't we ever go to any away games? I said, because I don't have any away tickets. So it ended up that we were going to play Auburn in Auburn. And I tell you what, those were the finest fans in all our purple and gold 
walk in the Auburn University, we were invited into every tent. Come on in here. Thanks for coming to our town. Let me give you some gumbo, some jambalaya. Here, have a mint julep. They were spectacular. Oh, man. And see, that's what makes it great. And I don't think, again, I, I love the schools here in Arizona. I went to NAU, and there's a pretty good tailgate session out there, but that what they have down there in the SEC, what they have there in major college football, it is crazy. The Rosie on the House Arizona Hour, driven by Sanderson Ford. One of the most pure sounds. Oh, yeah. Yes. It is time for football. It's also time for our Arizona State Park Pass giveaway. True or false? Text the answer to 411923. True if you think this is true. False if you think it's false. We'll pick a random right winner at the end of the programming segment. That's 411923. Tuzigoot Indian Ruins, designated as a national monument in 1939. The word Tuzigoot is Apache for red dirt, which refers to the red soil that's washed down from Oak Creek via Sedona. True? T for true? At 411923 or F for false. And then I'll get you a, a set of passes to any one of Arizona's state park passes, including uh, Sunset uh, uh, Karsher Caverns is having a sunset hike tonight. Oh, cool. Back in the studio with Kevin McCabe, we were talking NAU earlier. You, that's your alma mater. And some improvements to the Sky Dome recently. Uh, listen, this NAU, it's the Harvard of the Pines. That's what we call it. And, okay. And, 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 right. and I went to school up there, and I was a hockey player. They opened the Dome in 1977 when I went up there to play. I thought it was for me. And we played hockey <laughs> in was. the Dome. They had an ice rink in the Dome, and the basketball was on the other floor, and then, and then football, and they ran track around us. Uh, but they have, uh, it's really, uh, the school is, Dr. Rita Chang is up there now in great vision and leadership. So I, I'm so proud of my alma mater. And I, and I want kids, the high school kids who come and join my show when they pick their school to go to, to find one that they can love for the rest of their lives. You guys know it. Mm. You at LSU, you're purple and gold. You know, you, know I, 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 you bleed. You bleed that. But the dome, they, they, they've re, you know, they called me up. They wanted me to go up there and hang some drywall and, and put some nails in. <laughs> I think it. I, you got. I'm te- oh, true or false? It may be the largest wooden structure. Or Used something. to be. Oh, there you go. I think somewhere in the northwest beat it. I Damn. Think okay. Some, somewhere in Seattle or Washington. But I will say. We can go up when, and burn that down, can't we? In yeah. Washington? Okay, good. All right. All right. <laughs> when we're there for home shows, my favorite thing to do is just lean back and stare at the beam structure and how. And just wonder what it was like building that and how they got it all put together it's incredible yeah 1977 it's not i mean that's that's a while ago and we used to ski off the roof of the dome they get snow up there on the on the <laughs> roof so we'd hike up and i wasn't a very good skier and there were probably some beverages involved in this but we'd ski off it but they they have and 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 hurt ourselves but uh that was college Kids, do not try this at home. Um, but they have renovated it and put in some skyboxes and really made it nice. And they're attracting a lot of Arizona kids to go up there and play. Got a new football coach in Chris Ball, and I really love him. Cut his teeth here at ASU as an assistant. So exciting times at NAU. I'm excited for my alma mater. That's a big conference, too, that Big Sky Conference. That's pretty fun to watch. It, it's it's wide open and it is fun. So mm-hmm. I, it's it's uh, it, I just, I'm so excited. They've got homecoming, I think, in late, Oct- uh, late October. I'm going to go up with the high school show and go up there and celebrate with uh, with my fellow Lumberjacks. I think, But I think all my bar tabs 
I, and my all the all those the fires that I burnt up there, I think they, they might still be smoldering. So <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long time. It's been a long time. And we have the Cardinals kicking off here in a couple hours. Yeah, here we here we go. Uh, we have preseason football at, against the Minnesota Vikings on the road, and uh, it's just a unique, fun, crazy time with this football team. I, and I haven't, you know, and I, I, obviously Larry Fitzgerald. I thought on the totem pole because uh, Doug and Wolf they call him the Japanese fighting fish, and you put one of those <laughs> with the big old head. Um, Larry Fitzgerald is such a wonderful man to have lead our team, and I say our team. I, this is my home, and I know you, there's a lot of transplant here, and this Kyler Murray, there's so you know so much interest and intrigue in Cliff Kingsbury. But it's preseason; it's at Minnesota. I, I, this is the third game of the preseason, and that's when they usually like to really kind of. This is the dress rehearsal. Although I'm hearing now that it may not be, they don't. Nobody wants to play preseason. Nobody wants to get hurt. You need right. li- you need it for the live bullets. So we'll watch closely. It's it's intriguing and and fun for any kind of sports reporter. You know, this isn't this isn't just your boring Tom Brady. Let's go win a Super Bowl every year. This is unique. This is fun. How boring would that be if you knew you were going to be in the Super Bowl every year? <laughs> How's how we have an Arizona boy on the team. We right? got five of them. Five we of do, them. really. Christian Kirk from, yeah, from sure. Saguaro High School. DJ Foster from Saguaro. Uh, we've got Terrell Suggs, who played at Arizona State from Hamilton High School, you know, Defensive Player of the Year. So we've got uh, a couple of other kids, Brooks Reeds from Tucson and Sabino. So Oh, that's great. It, I you know, when I you know, the Cardinals have only been here since what, nineteen eighty eight and these kids have grown up. They've watched the Cardinals, so that's kind of neat. You know, it's you know an opportunity to play where they watch the yeah. team. I think it's I think it's I think are, it's a kid. Are they all ones that you had on your show? Oh yeah, yeah. And the, and I and the, I call them my kids. Yeah. You know, because uh, uh, I've watched them grow up, and that's the neat thing, is to go see them, and then you know now they you know they see this old man creeping around. And they say, what? Are you, oh, that's Kevin McCabe. So the uh, no, it is cool. That's the that's the neat thing that uh, they remember their first or second interview they ever did. They came in with the with the dean of high school sports. Well, where I sit, I can always see the kids come in, and Kevin always makes them feel so special, and they're all so excited, and you make them feel really well, good about being here. It's fun. They're, they are special, and the, and people can hear your program on Arizona Sports at. Nine, uh, 98.7 from 9 to 11 on Saturday mornings. Now, this morning, as you're driving around, you're going, eh, don't, don't, don't touch the dial. Don't keep <laughs> both hands on the steering wheel. Uh, we're moving down the dial 620 because Cardinals have – and I was thinking, though, wait, Arizona high school sports is more important than preseason NFL, isn't it? I don't know. <laughs> hey, I love you guys. Thank you for having me. I'm, Rosie's coming down to my show here soon. He's, he's the pride of Chaparral. <laughs> For your true or false, it's false. Two things should have tipped you off. First, Tuesday Goots on the Verde River. Oak Creek doesn't flow into the Verde until eight crow miles later. And second, we said last week Tuesday Goot means crooked water in reference to how the river bends around the community. We'll pick a random bright winner and send you to an Arizona State Park. The Rosie on the House Arizona Hour, driven by Sanderson Ford. Since we had Kevin on, I thought a little NAU fight song was an appreciation. That would be a skill to be able to identify all the different fight songs. Because they all sound about the same at some point. (laughs) I mean, LSU is very distinct because I've heard it a thousand times over. But if you said, here's NAU, ASU, U of A, Horizon, Chaparral, Saguaro... It's a bunch of horns. <laughs> It'd be a good way to give away prizes. Drum, <laughs> drums, drum, drum cages. Name yeah. band. That's right. <laughs> Gotta love football season. Football season is here. Uh, 
It may not be the same level of attention as Napa or Bordeaux, but Arizona has a bubbling wine industry as well. In 2017 alone, Arizona wine industry created more than $65 million in total economic output. In a study done by the Verde Valley Wine Trail, 52% of visitors to the wine trail were not from Arizona. Mm, a great import into the yeah. state. It's a great little area. It's so pretty. Kind of riparian, lots of big trees, water. You know, flying by on 17, you never know it's out there. Probably Just, probably they like it that way. Yeah, <laughs> probably. <laughs> Some other things going on this weekend. If uh, you want to get up to the Payson area, they have the first ever off-road camping uh, expo. All kinds of events for the family. Tucson turned 244 this week. Think about it, 244. That's 102 years before the town was incorporated. 108 years before it was a territory, and 137 years before it was even a state, Tucson was founded. And there's all kinds of things going on in Tucson this week. Most of it has passed, but out of the Green Valley News, there was a list of things that still filter on through into the weekend. And then next weekend, there's a nighttime 12-hour mountain bike race in Prescott, along with the 104th Sonoida Rodeo. You always hear Prescott and Payson getting it the attention, but this will be the 104th uh, rodeo at Sonoida going on next weekend. So just a few things going on around the state. We've got a special guest on the line. You know, if you are going out tailgating at any of these events, or if you're going to an off-roading expo, or, or if you're camping going to or a anything. rodeo, what do you have to bring with you? A cooler. A cooler. A good cooler, right? So um, we have with us Jason Costello. Good morning, Jason. Good morning. How's everybody today? Good, good. I wanted to introduce people who didn't know about Canyon Coolers uh, to our Arizona listeners. It's really a special product, especially living here in the desert. Um, so you are the inventor of the, of the Canyon Cooler, yes? That's right. It's yeah. about 10 years ago that we got going, and then I think I was officially a licensed business maybe eight and a half, nine years ago. Well, we found um, you at the hardware show, I think. That's one of the first places. Well, Romy's looking at me. I think he met you before that. But the National Hardware Show, uh, we've run into you a couple times and gotten to, to visit with you. And I just thought it'd be fun to tell the story. So this isn't really like a, a new product. You told me you had been kind of messing around with this concept for quite a while. Well, absolutely. It's, uh, it's funny as this sounds. Our, we have a cooler company in Flagstaff, the coldest part of Arizona. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of history behind that. Um, you know, folks were up here tinkering around making them by hand out of fiberglass up here in the 80s, and it was for the Grand Canyon River running industry. Oh, that and makes sense. That's, yeah, that was my background. I, I was never a professional, but, but I would go out for, you know, 120 miles or 7 to 10 days out there in the middle of nowhere, and, uh, you know, you just needed your ice to last. And uh, so, you know, it just sort of made sense to bring coolers back to Arizona. <laughs> yeah, and you, you told me you're opening a, a manufacturing plant in Prescott? Yes, we have some manufacturing partners there, and we've just added about, oh, about half of the production capacity that I need is now uh, located in state. We've really just got the, um, the rest of our molds and tooling in there um, last week. That's so awesome. So we're real excited to get that uh, ramped up and going. Well, we love anything made in the United States, and being made in Arizona is even more fun. So we just want to make sure I knew about you. And um, uh, you're, you're, I'm sorry. I, what's really cool about you is how well your cooler has ranked. Let everybody know what, 
with the four-wheeler. That's true, yeah. We, if you want to look us up on Trustpilot or something like that, we do get really good reviews. Um, but, yeah, we're a little tiny company, but at the same time, uh, Four Wheeler Magazine did a huge cooler review a couple years back, and they, they put our company up against the big dogs in the industry, you know, including uh, Yeti and whatnot. And um, we ended up winning the competition, like, pretty handily, both in price and ice retention. And, uh, you know, it's just a dirty little secret, but I, I was too stupid or stubborn to do the same thing everybody else was doing. And we put about an inch more insulation into our product than, than what everybody else is doing out there. Um, and it just paid off. And that, our little company went from a million dollars revenue to two million um, that year alone. So I have to thank Four Wheeler for that. That's great. And but, uh, you are in several um, stores across the state. And also you have a big yes, you have a sale going on on your website. Why don't you tell people where they can find it and also where they can find the sale? Well, Canyon Coolers, um, we're in Ace Hardware pretty much throughout the valleys or Sportsman's Warehouse, uh, Desert Off-Road, um, Ross Outdoors, a number of specialty retailers. Um, but we'll also be out the Payson um, Off-Road Camping Expo this weekend. And then our website is canyoncoolers.com. And then I do have some tailgating picks for you guys. You know, your industry and your product is very interesting because growing up outside, we've always had the $39 and the $49 cooler that you had to load up with ice that would all melt. Get whatever, everything soggy. Whatever you didn't want to get soggy had to be triple bagged <laughs> yeah. in Ziploc bags. Yeah. And my my outdoor buddies, my camping buddies, my hiking buddies have all gotten to the age where we can afford the, the nicer things. And we've all moved into your line of coolers and you pre-freeze a couple milk cartons. You don't have to buy ice. It keeps everything cold. You never have to deal with anything getting wet. Nobody, nobody that has one will ever go back to a $39 cooler. Well, and you never have to buy another one. Yes. It's not, it's not like the old ones That's where you, they That's went through true. a season. Get, I look a little questionable about paying two or $300 for an ice chest, and I get it. I respect it. And truthfully, maybe they're not for everybody. But, but once you have one, yeah. It, you don't go back. And it's you do have a lifetime warranty on them as well. It is. We we make the coolers a little different than the old $39 ones. It, you know, we'll have, you know, a giant aluminum hinge pin in there that you have a really tough time cracking. Um, you know, robust latches and things like that. But, but if people ruin it, if the dog eats the drain plug, whatever it is, um, you know, we back it with a no-hassle warranty. We don't need a receipt. We love to hear explanations, but we don't even necessarily use that. <laughs> If you send us a picture that looks vaguely like one of our coolers and you need a latch or a drain plug or somehow maybe you rolled your ATV and cracked the lid of the cooler, um, we'll replace it. We make it really easy. Jason Costello, it's Canyon Coolers. We'll put a rabbit on your totem pole for live by its own wits in creating the Canyon Cooler and a rooster for <laughs> persistence, which is what you need to get through the canyon. There you go. Yeah. I love your tag uh, tagline, overbuilt for adventures of a lifetime. <laughs> well, thank you very much, guys. Um, yeah, check if you're looking for a tailgate cooler. I'd look probably at the Canyon Mule. That one's on sale right now. It's got wheels, bungee cord on mm. top. It's kind of handy whether you need to just get to the sideline of the soccer game or uh, or maybe walk over to the orange lot there at the Cardinal Stadium. Um, the 35 quart's also kind of a nice mid-sized cooler. It's got room for some drinks and some sandwiches. Um, those would be my two picks. Perfect. Well, I'm definitely going to go with the mule. That's a big one for the kids to being able to lug it around, yes, too. Yes, yes. <laughs> the wheels, 
I was saying that you never go back to a cheap cooler. Once you got a cooler with wheels, you never go back to one that does it, that's for sure. He does have 12 models, so you can, yeah. he has something for everything. Canyon coolers, invented and built in Arizona. I love it. So did, ever- so did everyone do their homework? You bring your favorite tailgate? I'll start. Yeah, you start. This is something we learned in... Louisiana, some cousins, or not cousins, they've been These around are long enough. Yeah. But the cottons. And you could do this with all different types of meat. In Louisiana, there's a lot of duck, a lot of goose, a lot of dove. And we've done it with all of them. Whatever your meat of flavor is, um, you put it in a Ziploc bag and you soak it in Italian dressing for however long. Sometimes it would be a week, sometimes it'd be an hour, whatever the case. You soak your meat in Italian dressing, then you lay out bacon. And one at a time, you take out your meat, and you've already got them pre-cut to be rolled up in bacon. But inside that, you cut a little slice of cream cheese and a jalapeno. Then you roll it all up, and you stick toothpicks through it to hold it together. And you do that for as many as you want. And what I really like is the peppered bacon. You know, I like the smoked bacon. You've got uh, apple. You know, there's all kinds of great. But, But the ones that come really peppered, I think, add a lot of flavor to it. And then... You turn it on the grill, and when the toothpicks are all burnt off off the outside, it's about done on the inside, and you serve it as little appetizers. That's great. Rosie, what about yours? What's your favorite? Well, I know the one you want me to talk about, but I haven't got the originator's permission to share the recipe. So I'm going to go with, with Jennifer's Jambalaya. It's mm. pre-made, bring it out in a, in a, uh, a stay-warm pot, and serve up chicken jambalaya it's paper plates paper spoons it's easy uh and it's always gone well i think that recipe is even on the on the website and um Romy, i i think wings you can't beat wings um big old fat juicy wings if you get them frozen make sure they're all completely thawed out and and kind of dry put a dry rub on them bake them and then have different sauces to choose from i don't really like wimpy wet wings i like them dry and crunchy with a good crisp outer so i have we tried one this week that i thought was really exceptional i'll put that up on the website as well as can i put yours up too Mm -hmm. The, the little wraps okay so i'll get those up this week to add to tailgate recipes Gary, style. Gary, maybe you know this trick, okay. but there's a particular barbecue dish that I just absolutely love, and it was invented by a friend of mine, and he gave me the recipe in print, and I never could get it to taste like his. <laughs> we had him over to dinner at the house this week, and I said, I want you to teach me how to make that to taste just like yours. Well, he's preparing, and he's putting seasoning on there that he never put in the recipe. (laughs) And I I said, Ed, what's the deal? He says, he says, well, that's Dick Van Dyke's wife's. What's Mary Tyler Moore? That's, that's her trick. When, when people ask you to share a recipe, you never want it to taste as good as you make it. Right. You always leave one or two ingredient off the writing. So I finally Got the secret. I got the secret how he does it. He kept telling me these just aren't the same. It's, <laughs> but it's, he was right. It's grilled artichokes. And, I mean, you, you can just eat them. I can eat six of them. Wow. But that's the trick. When you share a recipe, leave one ingredient off so it never completely tastes like yours. Just doesn't quite taste like it. Just doesn't quite taste like grandma's. I that get sounds it. like the classic fisherman. Uh, I've always wanted to ask Don Henley of the Eagles. He lives near Caddo Lake. 
And one question I've always wanted to ask him is, okay, give me one of your secret fishing spots because I've never had luck there. And he'll turn around and say, fishermen don't give away their secret spots. Yeah, that's, that's just right. it. So you always miss one little ingredient. <laughs> the Rosie on the House Arizona Hour, driven by Sanderson Ford. It was funny timing because there was an article in the Republic this morning in the Explore Arizona about volcanic area and regions, and it was talking about Greer and our geological fact for Cottonwood had to do with volcanoes. You know, you always get uh, Flagstaff has you know Sunset Crater mm-hmm. nearby, and that always gets the attention. And they do the moon landing training, astronaut training there, but. From Cottonwood, if you're looking north, you can see House Mountain, which is a, let me get this right, a shield-type volcano. There's multiple different types, and it has to do with... Uh, lots you know, of things. Lots of, <laughs> <laughs> how flat it is and where the where it comes up, and if it's gone off before, you know, just because it's a volcano doesn't necessarily mean it's ever erupted. It's just got mm. a buildup of magma underneath it, so... It's House Mountain, just looking north. It's right between Sedona and uh, Cottonwood. It's a little, little part of the geological area that makes it up. And that one has gone off. There's all incredible resources that U of A has put together on the archaeological study of the, the – not archaeological, the ge, uh, geological study on just how much that has to do with how the landscape looks today. Hmm. It you, you start reading it and you're like this is really interesting and you're reading it and you're like this is interesting you're reading it and you're like okay I need to find something else to do. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where I'm gonna go when the volcano blows. <laughs> <laughs> Gary's a parrot head. We had to throw that one in there for him. <laughs> so where do you uh, where do you go camping? Game and Fish put out a list. Is it is it a spoiler that gives away all the best secret spots of ours in the state? Or is it like the recipes where you hold it back a little bit? Uh, well, I was really proud of Game and Fish because they pretty much restated some of the more popular destinations without giving away any really good secrets. But in reverse order, the top five family camping spots in Arizona, number five. Ashurst Lake. Hmm. Now, we've got a fair number of Romero family stories revolving around Ashurst Lake. But Romy was talking about the staycation coming up in Greer, where you'll be able to listen to the elk bugle. Hopefully. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it was near Ashurst Lake. We had that camping experience where the elk kept us up all night bugling one night. And when we were teaching the kids back in the 70s how to crawfish... We would go to Ashurst Lake, and they were all running around in their underwear and their tennis shoes, and they'd be running around the shore, and, Daddy, I got three, Daddy, I got five, Daddy. And all the trout fishermen started coming closer and closer to us, and they said, how are those kids catching so much? And they thought we were catching fish, and we were catching crawfish. (laughs) Then we had a big old crawfish boil on the edge of the lake that night, so we kind of introduced crawfishing at Ashurst Lake in Arizona. But Bear Canyon Lake is another great one. Uh, you got to walk in. It's it is great because it does protect you with a little privacy. But take a look at all five five favorite camping spots for families posted by Arizona Game and Fish. There really are some great locations. 
We've got Corey Bruning on the line, operations manager of Pine Motel in Cottonwood, where our staycation visitor uh, spent last weekend. And he's got a f- little things about the Pines Hotel and what his family's done with it and uh, some of their favorite things to do in Cottonwood. Good morning, Corey. Hey, good morning. How are you? Very good. Thanks for hosting our staycation winner last weekend. No problem. It was a really fun experience. Uh, we we like reaching out to people who don't know about us, and because uh, I think we're a pretty special place. <laughs> you really are, and you all, your family got the hotel in the early two thousands. At the time, there was only thirteen rooms, and y'all have really expanded onto it. Yes, I think uh, from my parents and the original vision, they uh, kind of just uh, bought the property and knew that it had room for expansion, and uh, they had a vision for it. So they just sort of each year uh, kind of made improvements and um, finally uh, just about 10 12 years ago they uh, they added on and they basically doubled the size and also added a pool one of the few places in cottonwood that has a pool yes we do have a seasonal pool um, there isn't a lot of places in cottonwood uh, in in some of the uh, in the downtown areas there isn't any room but in where we are we have a pool and um, People enjoy that as a seasonal thing, so we don't keep it heated during the winter. <laughs> and if somebody's coming to look to enjoy a weekend at the Verde Valley, whether it's uh, kayaking or the wine trail or the train rides, uh, y'all have put together packages for people. Yes, there are some common things that people who are coming to the Verde Valley want to experience. So in addition to our already low prices, we do put together packages with some uh, some some of the popular things that people want to do in the Verde Valley, which are some of the things that, that you said. Um, if you don't necessarily want to actually do uh, any one of our packages, if you just sort of want to go out on your own, there's plenty of other things to do uh, in, in the Verde Valley. I think we're pretty centrally located to... Uh, you know, Sedona's 15 minutes away. Jerome is 15 minutes away. Camp Verde's 15 minutes away. So we're pretty, uh, a, a great place to have a, you know, to, to do your base. You know, if you had a base and you sort of spread out from there just to explore the area. And what do you and your family enjoy doing when you're not busy you know, tailoring guests at the, catering to guests at your hotel? Well, uh, I'm a photographer uh, as by hobby, personally. Um, I always go out and hiking and uh, taking my my camera gear with me. Uh, our family sort of likes an aspect that uh, it's almost overlooked in the Verde Valley. There's a lot of uh, Native American history in the area, and I particularly like to go and kind of see there's some Indian ruins of Tuzigut, and, of course, we have Montezuma Well and Montezuma Castle. And, uh, there's a lot of, like, Native history that. I like to go and explore and see the museums and kind of experience, you know, what happened before all of us got here. So, Well, thanks again, Corey, for being our staycation partner this month. If you're looking for a staycation in the Cottonwood area, you can book a room at azpinesmotel.com.